0: Support for this podcast comes from Placement SEO. As an SGI member, you can receive a 100% fully optimized website that's hosted for free. Have a website you already like? Placement SEO can dramatically boost your presence on Google free for 90 days. SEO generates 90% more clicks than local service ads and PPC. Visit sgileads.com for more information.
1: Hello there, SGI family listening. We are closing in. On 1,000 people registered for your SGI Expo in San Antonio, Texas, on the Riverwalk, April 7th through the 9th. Registration closes on April 17th at 11 59 p.m. Eastern. So please be sure to register then. You don't want to miss out on over 50 sessions of fresh content, including panels and roundtables featuring some of the most successful contractors in our industry. We also just announced our keynote speaker, Kendra Hall. She's the best-selling author of Stories That Stick. Forbes said it was one of the most valuable business books you'll ever read. Uh, This is a transformational book on how to sell using stories to connect with customers, but also employees and anyone you need to influence. And her clients include Facebook, Hilton Hotels, Tyson Foods, Target, Berkshire Hathaway, and now Success Group International. Finally, there's an emotional intelligence course being offered by Learning Alliance On April 5th and 6th, that's the two days before Expo begins, also at the same hotel. So if you want to inspire and connect with your people, emotional intelligence is a newly defined skill you really need to master. And LA is offering this course right there, again, in the same hotel. So just come a couple days early for Expo and take advantage of that as well. You won't regret it. So bottom line, please get to your SGI Hub website, register by April 17th. By 1159 p.m. Eastern, network with your fellow members of the SGI family, share information, learn from one another, get inspired to make 2021 your best year, and just have some fun for a few days. is a lot of fun. So I look forward to seeing you in San Antonio.
2: Practice, practice, practice. Hone in your skill level. And how you do that is script and role play from start to finish. Spend the time. Um that you, all the time you absolutely can on your process, because the, the more time you spend on your process, the more it's gonna show mm-hmm. um, in your results. And um, if there's anything that I can say, um, it's, it's, it's a very tough position in the industry. You're gonna hear no a lot, right. um, but for every no you get, there's a yes coming. Mm-hmm. And um, and you do that, you can you can help manage that by spending as much time as you can honing in your craft.
1: Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you know I like to do a blend of interviews. I talk with successful contractors with incredible stories, and I also like to interview many of the incredible people who I work with at SGI. And there's a reason. We have some talented people who really know this industry on our team. And you're about to hear another conversation with one of them in the moments. Today, I'm talking with Cody Bodine, a coach with the SGI family. Before coming to SGI, Cody actually worked for one of our member companies, CJS Heating and Air Conditioning, which has four locations across Ohio and even into Indiana now. And in fact, as you will learn, his father, Jim, who I've interviewed for our SGI magazine, owns that company. So Cody has truly grown up in the industry and he's held just about every position imaginable in it but we're going to focus on cody's incredible track record as a salesperson for cgs he was a three-time crown champion which sgi classifies as any salesperson with more than one and a half million dollars in sales in a single year and in his best year cody killed it with 2.3 million dollars but what impresses me personally is cody did this while in his early 20s cody is still a young man he has a great bright future in our industry. So Cody will talk about his background with me, but we're going to dig deep into every step of the sales process, the SGI process of how to be a multi-million dollar salesperson in the HVAC industry. So even if you're not in the HVAC trade, I think you'll benefit from giving this a listen. So I hope you enjoy and take away another two all right cody thank you so very much for uh, joining me on the show today really excited to have you uh, so you can share your unique background and uh, and industry knowledge so for those tuning in could you please share your uh, your name and uh, what you do with sgi
2: yes uh, i'm cody i'm one of the airtime and plumbing coaches over
1: here um, i've been here for just a little bit over six months now i'm excited to be here right and, and while you've been only with SGI for for six months, you have uh, been in the contracting industry uh, probably just about all your life. Um, very much like our, our members, you have a, a background of just always being in it. So kind of share what wh- where you're coming from.
2: Yeah, so um, as you said, Bob, I have been in, been in the contracting business my whole life. Uh, I started when I was 19. Um, and before that, I was even passing out flyers for my father's company, uh, and when I was passing out the flyers, it was for—I remember specifically half-price tune-ups. <laughs> uh, so we were going from neighborhood to neighborhood, passing out the flyers. And then when I turned 19, um, I was able to start doing a little bit of uh, handy work for them. If it was stuff around the shop or being an assistant on, you know, some of the installs, yeah, have to do some of that work and uh, begin to get a little, you know, uh, I started to get a little good at it, and and. And excited about it, so I started doing a little bit more here and a little bit more there. And uh, before you knew it, I was helping out full time on install work. And um, uh, from there, I started to learn more about the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 20, when I was 20 to 21, I um, I was in the office answering phones for him mm. um, and answering. Let me tell you this, Bob: uh, install and sales answering the phones by far was the hardest is that right those the the call takers they definitely have to deal with with the good and the bad <laughs> um they they get the happy customers and they get the 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 upset customers right yep. so they they uh when they say smile when they say uh smile before you answer the phone call they really mean it and and they do it's uh it's funny um no i i was able to answer phones and and do the scheduling and the booking Sure. Um, for for the techs and the the sales uh, the comfort advisors and, mm-hmm. and from there uh, I was just waiting to earn a position in the sales team
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, waiting for that position to come available and and when it did there was a transition period for a little bit there where I was um, still answering phones but running a sales call maybe once a day yeah. um, until
1: I could you know prove my my worth in the sales field so. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to experience all, all sides of the business. I didn't realize you answered answered calls for a while, obviously. Yeah. I, I knew you you did sales for a while. And actually, your, your, even your journey into sales, there was a little, I mean, you were a young guy. That it uh, it didn't go quite as smoothly at first, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's safe to say. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, there was a time about six months into it, um, six months into that first year that, you know, my father and I sat down and, and we had the talk of, is this, is this the direction we want to go? Yeah, so yeah, it, it um it was off to a, ro- a rocky start, but um, you know, we had that talk and that sit down and and uh, you know, I asked myself, you know why why am I wasting my time and I don't want to waste his time? Yeah, so that's when i I really started to dive into the trainings and what I've been taught and, and really
1: apply myself so. That's great. And yeah, and and clearly you did, you did very well. Maybe kind of share with everyone what your, what your numbers look like for the the handful of years you uh, you were selling. Yeah. So um, three of those uh, four years, I was a crown
2: champion. Um, That first year that I was able to hit the crown championship, I did about 1.8 that year. And um, that was my first year. That second year coming out, I was so excited and I think (laughs) I was just riding that high. I took. I remember specifically. I took four vacations that year, and I came up fifty thousand dollars short of the crown championship the next oh, oh. The next year. Oh, I was so <laughs> I was so bummed out. I was yeah. uh, I was beating myself up a little bit, and I told myself the next year that I wasn't taking a vacation until I hit my mark. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what I did. About nine months in, I crossed the one point five, and I ended up that third year. I ended up finishing at right around two point four.
1: Oh, that's great. yeah.
2: so that's I was awesome. very very excited. That was my best year. so
1: that's um,
2: and then that the year after that, i I did another one one seven mm-hmm. um, and that was a that was a fun year, but that was also a growth year for for CJs at the time. Right. Um, we uh, we brought on we had just acquired Columbus the year before that. So that acquisition was um kind of, you know, Going full throttle, and and we went from having two salespeople to having five salespeople, and there was a a little bit more of the lead distribution, took some of the pressure off of me, sure. um, which was nice, and uh, you you were able to spend more time with your customers and and really get the feel of, of how the call was supposed to go. Right, right.
1: What do you think? Because I think that this is your your journey. It, it, it's it's a, it's very interesting, and I think it happens with a lot of salespeople where it it doesn't always just um, hit with them right away. Sometimes it just takes a minute. what what specifically was it just getting your mindset right that that launched you into this kind of uh, success, or are you said kind of really taking the training seriously? or is there any, you know can you can you put a exact reason what what helped you you know get the ship turned in the right direction?
2: Yeah, it was um, it was a little bit of a combination of a few things. It was <clears throat> a little bit of me being distracted outside of the work for or the work time, and um, yeah. And then with that, it was more so of I wasn't applying uh, the methods that we had been taught through the trainings yeah. in my calls. I was kind of just winging it the way I wanted to do it, yeah. thinking that you know I would have some success there. Yeah. And what I found is in the number, the the proof was in the pudding, and and it showed um you know I remember having that sit down meeting and six months in and you know um we were looking at the numbers and the closing my closing percentage was down my average ticket was down it just it was almost kind of like you know why are we doing this and yeah. um I, I really started asking myself you know I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste my father's time and I don't want to waste the employee my co-workers time right Right. So either get in or get out, and I told myself, well, I'm fully committed. and I'm going to do this. Right. I'm going to show that I can do it. And from there, I took I took every call, and I and I did it to the T. I followed the I followed the guidelines that we were taught, and I I really just tried to uh, emphasize, you know, the customer's best interests, and and I and I tried not to rush through those calls as I was doing before, and just take my time and really do what I had known what I known was uh, was taught to us. And um, and that was the biggest
1: difference. It was was committing to myself, but also committing to the process. Right. Right. That's great. That's great. And we're going to dig into the, into the process in a minute. Just be interested for those people that are listening. Some remember some are not. Um, how much training did you guys do when you when you were in the thick of it as a salesperson? Maybe speak to the value of that and how frequent that was.
2: So when you were when we were onboarded, we were sent to. um the Million Dollar Sales Factory at the time, I believe was what it was called with uh, Mike Dolan. Mm-hmm. And um, that was up in St. Louis at, at that time. And mm-hmm. we were sent to that. It was a week-long class. Um, so we, we did the onboarding training there and you came out. And um, from there, we had uh, two weekly meetings and where we met for an hour in the morning. and um, And I believe those were Mondays and Wednesdays. And mm-hmm. on those Mondays and Wednesdays, it was a lot of soft skill training
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh going through objections practicing the process really implementing it i spent a lot of time scripting and role playing right and, and i think if you go back and if you between and and adam hamilton who you know uh i trained under and he was fantastic yeah. at it um that's who that's who taught me really how to script and role play every part of the process out and so we did that i mean um Twice a week for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. and it was it was such an amazing training process
1: just to really uh, hone in your 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 skill level uh, through the process. That's great. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, hard work pays off. That's yeah. What I wanted to make sure people heard is is it wasn't you know it wasn't just a mindset thing. You definitely had to work at it, and it, yeah. and every every good salesperson does. It's it's you know, it doesn't matter how talented you are. And, um, and to
2: that right. point, and to that yeah. point, Bob, real fast is you know. The thing about the sales, their sales is that you have to refine your, you have to, you have to recreate your process or not recreate, re, redo your process, go in and fine tune it, oil it up and adjust it. As you go on, um, you'll find that you get into, you know, you'll do great. You'll have so much success for this long or for a long period of time. And then you'll hit a roadblock and you have to go back in and retune up your, your process and, and re, you know, um, re-enhance your skills mm-hmm. is, is what i'm trying to say and um in, in order to get yourself back on track there it's not something that just it, it just goes and goes and goes with with no uh, fine tuning right so
1: right no that's good that's good stuff I just like we, we we use the analogy of athletes all the time even the greats they practice all the time so there's a reason for it because it is a uh, it's a, a learned skill, a lot of what you guys do, and, and it's easy to get into bad habits um, and not even know it until you you keep working at it. Right. So, very good stuff. Uh, all right, let's dig into the process itself a little bit. Um, I think in, in talking and interviewing a lot of uh, crown champions over the years, I've heard um, a lot of great things about just the preparation going into each call. And I've heard some really unique things that people do as they drive to their call. Is there anything you would do in particular to kind of uh, center yourself, get positive for every call and and be upbeat? You know, even if you say you you had two other calls that day and you didn't sell anything to not let that sit on your shoulders, is there anything you did to kind of get ready for a call as you drove to it? Yeah. um, So I had an upbeat playlist that I always had uh, (laughs) ready to go.
2: And uh, I really tried to not take any phone calls before going into a call. Like on my way there, I tried to keep myself focused on the call at hand, mm-hmm. and um, I would I would play that playlist all the way up to about five minutes to getting to the call. And I remember one of my favorite songs on that that really kind of got me uh, energized and going was "Hooked on a Feeling." Okay, <laughs> it really kind of just got me got my my mind right. So
1: that's right, <laughs> early twenty uh, year old guy. That's exactly what I would think you listen to. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: Um, uh, no, but about five minutes of, of, getting to the call, that's when I would shut everything down and kind of just start taking in the scenery. And, and by that, I mean, really starting to observe like where I'm at, what, what kind of neighborhood is this? Is it, are we by, a, are, are we by a church or we by schools? Right. You know, what kind of, what kind of uh, person am I, am I about to go see? And you can really observe a lot and, and, and start to see why this person, you know, does what they do or who they are, or, um. And it gives you some value building uh, material before you even get to the house.
1: That's great. Did did you guys ever get notes sometimes from a CSR if someone did mention it's a birthday or you know, they have something coming unique? Yeah, yes. yeah. So the the
2: CSRs would uh, they did they did such a great job at making sure we had all the notes before we would get to the call. Yeah. And um in those notes it would include, you know, if they had a if they had dogs, the dog's name. Um, if it was um, one of their kids birthdays that we were going to anything that we could do just to be able to provide that upbeat most valuable service we
1: possibly could yeah. um, uh, when getting to the home yeah that's always great i always when i'm always impressed when a, a, a technician comes and they know something or you know they you can just tell that, that, that you know there was some communication that wasn't just rushing someone out and that automatically sets the stage right it yeah it makes a homeowner feel special let's, let's keep talking about that idea of, of breaking the ice so you you know you get to the home by the way speaking of that you don't sit out in front of the home for 20 minutes right And mm-hmm. uh, yeah text a couple buddies or something uh, that's, that's you know, a big no-no yeah, yeah. <laughs> see you get to the home you walk there quickly knock on the door and uh kind of walk through how do you how, how do you uh handle icebreakers? What are some you know, you certainly looked around, right, driving to the home. yeah. Uh, but but what else how else what are some were there some go-to things you'd ask about that you felt could play in any situation? Um or you can just talk about your your icebreaking process and how it works. Yeah.
2: Through. Yeah. So um obviously you know, the call takers would try to get first in uh first names of both the husband or wife, or the, you know, whoever was on the home, the yeah. spouses. Um, that way, when you went into it, you could start with, um, you know, hello, Mr. And Mr. Smith, I'm Cody with CJS. Um, and then, you know, they would usually follow up with, oh, you can just call me Dan. Okay, Dan, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would invite you into the home. And, and when you come into the home, um, I really struggled with that, you know, trying to find that sincere comment of not, of, of of giving it away right or giving it right away when you came into the home i, I would wait a little bit so we warmed up and yeah. i could find something i truly wanted to actually comment on or 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 mention um but one of my favorite icebreakers was when we get into the home um you know start trying to make some a sort of a um, a joke of um hey i understand we're here to look at painting your fence today <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> just to kind of throw the situation off a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And um, yeah. it it lightened the mood, uh, but you have to read your audience. It doesn't work for everybody. You know, sometimes you have those drivers and, and you have to really read your audience. But just kind of make the, the situation a little bit lighter at hand. You know, a lot of the, the, the customers are expecting you to be that, unfortunately, that sleazy salesperson coming in. They don't really know what to expect. So to be able to come in and kind of, you know um, get them off guard and realize that, you know, you're just a person and you're here to communicate and talk with them and just educate them. So, yeah.
1: did Did you ever get any comments about your age? Cause you were so young, especially, I mean, you're very young now, but even, <laughs> you know, three, four years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I can imagine that's difficult when you're dealing with probably a lot of your clientele is, you know, yeah. It, 60s uh, up, you know, and they think, Oh, there's this kid and to talk to me about this huge purchase. Yeah, it, it was um
2: it it was what you made it. So if I came in and I really questioned my own age, you would start to see it show in the call. Right. If I came in and just remembered that I'm here, that they have an they have an issue, they have a problem, right? And we have a solution and that they've called us for a reason. Right. Um you know, we were just weren't out cold calling or knocking on doors, but we're out there for a purpose and that purpose is to educate them um on what on this investment and, and it's and that's exactly that. So if I remember just to stick to the process and and to educate them on their HVAC system and the process of why they should choose us versus our competitors, it it really didn't it didn't become that big of an issue because through the process and through the education um, process,
1: they they, it showed that my knowledge was there. Right. Right. I like it. Um, All right. So after the. Your warm up and and, and you wouldn't you, you wouldn't rush that, right? You, is there is there a time where you're like, OK, this is too much time?
2: No, I don't think there is ever uh, such a thing as too much time. Um, I think that once again, you read you read who you're talking to um, and you you can't rush an education process. And I'll emphasize that because um, if you rush through it, then you you're not going to be you're not going to be any different than everyone else that's coming out there. Right. or that's been out there um, so taking your time and going through that and actually spending you know the 60 to 90 minutes I mean I, there's times I've spent out there and they offered me dinner I mean we were out there for four <laughs> hours at a time I mean, It, yeah. it really just it, it. every situation is different but just spending the time that you need to is important. Yeah that's good
1: so uh what what how did you like to handle the next step of the call would you go through some questions about about the system and stuff like that or do yeah you know
2: so once you come in the door and, and you identify you know why you're there and you go through um, the process of you know just confirming the time frame of how long the pro there how long you're going to be there and what you're going to go through, um, the next step was really just to kind of build some relationship with them and it was to uh, sit down in a you know a comfortable um, place that they're choosing whether that was the kitchen table the living room or sometimes it was the patio or you know the man cave depending right. Yeah. Uh, like go to a place that they're choosing and, and really start to get to know them. And as you're doing that, you're um, observing, you know, items in the home, photos, um, you know, do they have uh, the brand new 60-inch TV that they have on the wall or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, yeah. um, so you can start to, you know, use those items as ways to build value with the customer and, and build that form. Uh, but from there, it was really just getting to know their, what they were looking for kind of their experience have they been th- through this before identifying um one of my favorite questions to ask was identifying any home projects that they've been working on in the past year or two mm. because what you could do was is really build off of those and how those how that process went mm. and what they enjoyed about it and what they disliked about it and that told you kind of who you were going to be dealing with and what and what to build off of Interesting. as you were going through your
1: process okay what and- are oh i'm sorry no you're go ahead yes uh what what are some of the other core questions that you you know you have to ask at that point to kind of um you know whether it be to see if they're and some someone potentially interested in iaq or i you know there's a host of different questions you can ask What, what were there a few that you always you know, made sure to to bring up or just to see, uh, you know, I guess uh, cost too, right? That Then you ask them what they expected to spend. I mean, maybe yeah. speak to some of those questions that that uh, that revealed more about what their expectations were. Yeah. So when going through the
2: comfort survey, you had the list of, you know, 15 to 17 questions, depending. Um, and I really emphasize those questions because I try never to skip them um that's where you're really going to going to identify their pain points right but also what they're looking for right um and it's really um getting their tie downs too mm-hmm. so they're going to tell you what's important to them if you really listen and write as much as you possibly can but some of those questions that were my favorite were um you know if you could pick 3 to 5 of the top most important benefits when picking your home comfort system right. and you know really what you want them to say there is you want them to say all 12 are important right. to them um but what you're doing is you're seeing kind of what's coming to their mind right away
0: mm-hmm.
2: and where they're at and like what what their th- process is and um on that question i'd always solidify or i would always pinpoint in on um financing whether they marked it or not i would review what they marked and then i'd come back to the last one which is the financing and i would ask him i said so i noticed that we we didn't check financing but is financing going to be something that's important to you and what i want to know there is you know that's where they're going to usually say well it depends on the cost you yeah. definitely understand and this is where you can start going into have they been through this process before right. really identify you know do they know what they're getting what they're getting into do they have they educated themselves? Have, have they had other companies out? That's really where you're going to find that at, right? Right. Um, right? That was one of my favorite questions. And then uh, towards the bottom of it, um, the open ended, closed question of um, closing question of, you know, at the end of the day, if we're able to design uh, the most economical, safest system for you and your uh, family, would there be any reason why we couldn't um, schedule this today? Right. And, um, you know usually if you've done those <laughs> questions that survey well they're going to say there'd be no reason why right so that's one of my favorite ones as well yep get them to start saying yes right yes uh,
1: and and i think it's going to neat. uh over the years you know i i'm i know for a fact you went into homes where people had other got gotten other bids that kind of differentiates yourself too by sitting down and, and taking all that information right yeah yeah um it by by really filling in their answers
2: through that stuff. I mean, that's that's really is what is making the difference there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're not just running in and, and eyeballing it, and then so oh, here you go. Here's yeah, you're really you're really <laughs> you're not dropping.
2: No, and and that's the thing, and and most of your competitors are they they don't care um, really so much about the customer as they are just trying to get in there, give you the best price, and get out right. And that's and that's the biggest that's the biggest difference where you want to set yourself apart, Um, going in there and taking your time to really understand where the customers coming from and and educating them on what that there's more that goes into this process than just coming in and getting out. You know, it's you can't can't just you can't rush that. And um, the reason why you're having so many issues is because it was rushed in the
1: past. Yeah. No. Good stuff. All right. So we you, you sit down, and you you go through a whole list of questions. Uh, you get them to to start saying yes to things about uh, moving forward with business. Uh, what is your what is what was your next step then in the call? What would you do next? Uh, from there, uh, what I wanted to do was see the system itself,
2: um, and by doing that, I always asked them if they wouldn't mind if they would mind helping me through that process yep. because we were going to start the measurements. But when I get to the system, that's really where I would start to uh, do a lot of the educating of as far as, you know, if we were out there to quote an air conditioner, um, most people don't know that your coil is connected, it goes with your air conditioner. They just think it's part of the furnace. Right. So going through that process of really giving them the show and tell process mm-hmm. yeah. um, and educating them and on what goes with what and how it's connected. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's really what helped me as far as um getting a single component turned into a full system
1: replacement Mm -hmm. interesting okay showing how they were connected that's that's interesting that's a good point um how how much would you pull apart uh the system to kind of show what things are what and or or to maybe pinpoint uh you know certain components that are look like they're to be failing or or showing wear and tear just to kind of confirm that this is a good decision would you do a lot of that or or just a little bit, just to kind of the core pieces to differentiate, I, so.
2: I would do the core pieces, um, really just taking like the doors off of the indoor equipment, showing them kind of how it's functioning as I'm explaining that process, like I said, mm-hmm. um, and really um, not getting too deep into it. I didn't yeah. want to ever get too technical unless they were unless they were asking questions. And yeah. if they ask the question, then by all means, I'm happy to get as deep into the system and show them as much as I need to. Um, yeah but really more so just about base education of how everything works and functions together. Right. Um, so popping the doors off, showing them how to read a model number, just educating on those small things right. and taking those extra steps that nobody else is taking.
1: Exactly. All right. And then you uh, then then what's next? You start measuring the home with the homeowner? Or, yes, or correct. Do do? So uh, we jump into measuring the home and measuring the duct system.
2: And um, when going through it, we have them um, kind of help work the tape measure Mm-hmm. Um, that way you're getting them involved and they can, you know, once again, see what's going into the process. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you had the, the customers that really just was like, you know, I've got to do this. You go ahead and knock it all out. And that's fine. But when you do that, you need to take pictures of things that you see and bring it back, show and tell. Right. You still want to be able to go through that education process with them. But, yeah, go through the hole, measure, the doors, the windows, uh, still building that relationship with them, asking questions, really getting to know. Who your, who your customer is and what kind of customer they are, what kind of buyer they are, um, and then um, also emphasizing the duck system as well. I right. think that's something where we also separated ourselves from our competitors was um, we always measured every single duck system to make sure that the size system in the house was the correct size,
1: but also that it would work. That's correct. Yeah, I was going to say, in, in Ohio, you guys are mostly all metal duck work, right? not flex.
2: Yeah, it's, um, you get a, a large variety of um, slab to basement work to attic work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a good mixture of all of it, all of it, right? And mm-hmm. so when you're in the attic, you had a lot of the flex, uh, but when you were in the basements, you had a lot of the, the metal duct. Okay. Um, so
1: you had to be able to know a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the the flux I guess is easy to sell. It's crushed. It's crushed. Right. <laughs> Here's yeah. A picture of it. Um, <laughs> would you see a lot of uh, issues with metal ductwork that that we maybe just installed improperly forty years ago? Yeah. Um. You know. I I think the biggest issue was the
2: metal ductwork that was installed ten years ago in the new construction homes.
1: Oh. Um, yeah. They Slam- they
2: weren't sized properly. Yeah, and it was like that was the number one shortcut contractors would take when building the home. And then these systems would fail prematurely. And obviously that's new homeowner, they're upset oh, um, that, you know, it's a brand new house, but you're out there talking to them about a new HVAC system. And it's all because the contractors, you know, cut the ductwork short, and then you have to go in, um, figure out where the where the choke points are at the system mm-hmm. and, and and talk about how to fix them, because it doesn't matter, you know, if you put a new system on it, it's still not going to be breathing properly. And you're just going to keep having this issue.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Synchrony Financial. Allow homeowners to pay at a rate that fits their budget with a merchant fee that fits yours. Visit www.toolbox.mysynchrony.com for more information.
1: Welcome back to the show. You're listening to my conversation with Cody Boating, coach with Success Group International. In the first half of my chat with Cody, he shared his background in the trades, including his success as a salesperson for CGS Heating and Air Conditioning. And then we began to dig into his sales process, including how to prep for each appointment, how to build trust with homeowners and how to begin to educate them on their home comfort system. In part two of my conversation with Cody, he'll share some of that secret sauce of how he differentiated CJS from the competition. Cody will detail how he constructed options for homeowners and he will explain how he handled objections without coming across as that typical pushy sales guy. So let's jump back into my interview with Cody Bodine. and here is insights into the sales process. So you do your measurements. Uh, you take pictures if someone isn't interested in going with you because certainly there's those types of customers. Um, what do you do next? Do you sit down and, and start trying to build out options or uh, talk to me, how, what was the next step in your process?
2: Yeah, so after you go through your measurements, you do your calculations of determining the size of the system, making sure the duct works correct, um, then you're going to start talking about um, that's where I would, I would dive into, uh, educating them on what they have, what they have currently, what, you know, so you do that with the sizing, the duct work, the efficiency of their equipment and educating them on, you know, the important steps of the new installation and where we separate ourselves. So
1: it was more of an education on our company at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah. Was that, was that like a set book that you guys use or did you put it on an iPad or so we, know, years?
2: Yeah, we didn't, uh, and I, I still believe that they're doing it to this day, we always use the book. Uh, to <laughs> us, it was about handwritten paper, right. um, making it personal, always having the book. Yeah. Um, it, even if you didn't take them through the whole book itself, and you just referenced a few pages, yeah. it was still the factor of having the book there in person. Um, it, it's it just, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it just it seemed more uh, memorable to us. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, taking them through the book and... Um, the home comfort guide and educating them on um, the process and the company.
1: Mm-hmm. What well, What are some of the? Um, and and it's funny because I every market I I really do think it's different and depending upon you know because I talk to people in the coastal cities and they go oh people are, if you give them paper they're weirded out everything's like, on an iPad now but but you know middle America you know I'm in St Louis still. I definitely think there's something to about paper and, and people, you know, I don't know if it's just an older generation. People like, like to be able to hold that and then yeah. turn it. But uh, anyway, I always think it's fascinating. Um, when, when going through educating people at this stage of the call, what are, what are some of the core things that you felt always caught people's attention? They're like, Oh, wow. I like that you guys do that. Or you stand for this or, you know, so on and so forth. There were certain things that were always hot button items that helped. Uh, sell so you guys, yeah, it seemed like seven out of 10 calls you'd run in a
2: week that customers, they didn't realize you had to pull permits and have everything inspected. Mm-hmm. They, they never, they they just didn't put two and two together and and they wouldn't have known that without bringing it up. Right. And, and that was the, and that was the biggest uh, pain point right there was, you know, most contractors, if they're not bringing up, pulling permits and having the work inspected, right. nine times out of 10, they're not. Right. Right. And right. we're dealing with major gas and electricity in your home and that's putting your family at risk. And do you really want would you really want to do that? Take yeah. that chance. <laughs> exactly. So
1: that's I amazing. Mean, yeah, no, not really. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. And I think, you know, that that was one of the biggest point education factors of going through the, the different
1: steps that we take. You know, mm-hmm. so. Well, you start you start, you know, you you gain additional trust and that person that they had before that they kind of liked they start wondering about just how trustworthy they are right and how much the rest of what they said was was malarkey or not Um, were were there any other certain things whether it be warranties guarantees um i don't know just in in, i don't know if you you guys talk core values in your presentation anything else that just resonated with people that gave the warm and fuzzies
2: yeah um really just the our like from our mission statement all the way to our our warranties and then to our guarantees that really kind of just wrapped all of that up in the with a nice little bow on top um it, it all kind of just resonated with the customer of you know we're your forever company we were yeah. we will be your forever company and we're here to stay um we're not your fly by nights we're not your we're not your McDonald's of the groups you know um yeah. we we are here for you for the next you know 15 20 plus years depending right. so um and it started with our mission statement. And the mission statement was to keep as many of our clients um, safe, happy, and comfortable. That's great. And and from there, we built on that with, you know, the reason why we're able to do this is because we provide the best warranty. And here's the warranty. And we're able to buy, provide the best warranty because we back it up with all of our guarantees. And here's our guarantees. Yeah. I love and, all of the, and all of this is in writing. It's not just lip service.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so. great. So, all right. So you go through, you go through your presentation and obviously it leads you to, to options. So, uh, how many options would you guys, did you guys believe in giving?
2: So they always recommended we do three. Um, I was, always the oddball out. I liked four. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, for me, the four, four, just it, some people might say that's too many and I get it. It's not for everybody,
1: yeah, it's but not not I, it's not. I've, I've, heard I've of crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. R- right. I really could highlight though what made the most sense at that point in time yeah. um, based on going through it. And, and what you do there is you give them uh, what I was able to do there is I give them the minimum option and the minimum option could have been, you know, if it was a furnace only call, then here's the the bottom line base furnace that you can get today, right? At the, at the best investment. Um, but from there, I built up on that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was three steps up from that. So they really got um, the full, you uh, process or the full um, yeah, process of, okay, this is what I can do today and be done. Right. Yeah. Or if I want to make that investment in myself in my
1: home and in my system, then th- these are my options to pick from. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, like say that the duck work stuff, that was that, that wasn't your bare. was that would be included in the bare bones or would you leave that? It, it
2: wasn't included, but there was always a note at the bottom that said, Hey, look, this will take care of take, this will take care of today's issue, mm-hmm. but uh, the asterisk here is that your duct system still isn't correct. So mm-hmm. until we get the the airflow issues correct, we can't promise you those great warranties and great guarantees that we bring yep. to the table.
1: What 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 were some of the other things that added to the uh, the options to so it would escalate up? Was it just add ons or so what was it deficiency it was- levels? Yeah, it was efficiency levels. It was
2: exactly that. So let's say that we were looking at option one, which was a base 80% furnace.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: option two would be that next step up, which would be your, your high efficiency, uh, variable speed furnace. Um, and then that that next option up from there would be that same high efficiency furnace with, with its matching air conditioner. Mm-hmm. And then the top option would always be the most ridiculous high efficiency <laughs> option you could possibly get. Because yeah, Bob, it was never up to me to determine what you wanted. No, it was always me. It was always up to me to educate you and provide you with the options. Yeah, and you have some of those uh, customers out there that uh, are keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, and uh, they have to have the best of the best. So,
0: right,
1: right. Just in terms of um, when did you after you did all the measurements? Would you just handwrite all these options out? Would you like excuse yourself? I'm always inter- interested how different salespeople work in building these out. So you know, because you got the homeowner around there. When did you make time to write all this out? I'm doing that as I'm going through.
2: Um, so so when we sit back down to go through the measurements and and do the calculations. Yeah. Um, from there, I I do a quick write up of the options before I okay. jump into. Um, the education of our company and where we set ourselves apart, right? Okay. And then that way, I can roll after I figure out or after I educate them on who we are and where we set ourselves apart, and we identify who they are as a buyer or investor. We can roll right into
1: the options. Okay, yeah, because you don't want it to be a tense moment where you're sitting there and they're staring at you. Right up. Yeah. <laughs> How much money uh, you write up. Much yeah. funny then, for sure. Um, when you gave those options, I'm guessing you always give a do you always give a finance price uh, first. Yeah, always. Yeah, we always led with financing. I would I would say we financed easily 75 percent of our calls. Wow. OK. OK. How many. Um, so how much financing talk did you end up having to do then? Like how many different financing products would you go? Well, we, we can do, you know, zero interest for this. And then, you know, we've got this and this. Like, did you become a financing expert basically for <laughs> years? You, you know,
2: um, it's safe to say that that was um, that's how it kind of started, but we really tried to get away from that and we okay. started just providing one option. Um, okay. And we'd only go to our <laughs> secondary option for those customers who um, couldn't get approved. And, right. and really the one option that we focused on was a um, traditional loan. So okay. the traditional loan didn't cost us anything as far as dealer fees go. But, oh, for the customer, it was based upon their credit, their debt to income. And we emphasized that we were really putting it in the bank's the bank's hands to determine um where that was going to fall. okay. Um, and a lot of times, what the what they would realize is that they didn't need a zero percent loan. They just thought that's what they needed or that that's what yeah. they wanted. What they really needed was an easy, affordable monthly payment right. that if life were to happen, they could still afford but if everything was going great they could double triple up on and pay it off with no prepayment penalties
1: right right so that that's how you would that's how you would phrase it then to exactly. say, I, exactly. like it. I like it so um you know you give them the finance prices and 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 all of a sudden the next step is to not say anything right you don't want to is, is that one of the one I mean that's something I've always heard you you, you show them the prices and you kind of shut up right you don't want to yeah. you don't want to start talking yourself out of your own prices right whoever speaks first <laughs> <right>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly so all right so now you're in your shoes you're just you're watching body and language right you're if it's a couple how are they looking at each other uh well I, I'm guessing price was always the, the number one thing that you would hear if, if someone had an objection. Yeah, it was. It was always, it, was, it, it usually always came down to price and they might give you
2: a few smoke screens of, oh, we just need to, you know, we need to think about it, but really yeah. when, when you got into
1: it and determined it, it, it all came, always came down to price. Right. So, okay. So if someone wants to think about it, cause I certainly know lots of people was raised by people that like to get like 20 different bids and, and, you know, just, just old school. Uh, how do you, how do you handle that? What do you, what do you say to someone that just like wants to think about it? You know,
2: this is—it's a big investment, Bob, and 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 that's exactly what it is when you're out there. They they don't realize it's quite as big of an investment until you're going through it because you're educating them on it, right? So they start to realize this is a bigger investment. They might need to get a few other bids, and and really, what you want to emphasize on that, or what you really want to to kind of shine light on, is what what is it that you're looking for by getting those other bids? Right. You know what? What are we trying to achieve? Yeah. Uh, you've had two bids already i'm your third you know what what do we what do we really need from three other bids
1: yeah you know, What? what is it that you're you're looking for that you haven't been shown to this point and and is if you're saying that to me i don't know what to say other than i'm yeah. just like i'm afraid to spend that money so what well how do how do people how do you then handle the response if i go you know i i'm just not sure it's just a lot of money so then i guess it goes right to your your price objective objection yeah. right so, yeah. so.
2: It's exactly right. It's it's yeah. confirming what they said, right? Confirm You're right. It's exactly right, Bob. It is a lot of money. You know, let's let's break it out this way. Let's pull out the bids and let's
1: go line item for line item. Let's see what you're not getting. Yeah. Versus what you are getting. So I'm glad you brought that up. That was going to be my follow up: is how you handled uh, other bids. So you would, and I'm sure a lot of them were just like, you know, one one number. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> just right? chicken scratch on a piece of yellow paper. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, right. Sure. For sure. So, okay. So then if, how much do you, I mean, is it just, you just know because you you know, uh, being a personal person, when is enough to, to not push? I mean, there's gotta be, you gotta know there's a threshold where someone's like, okay, you just tell they're stressed out and maybe they just need 10 minutes to think or, or, you know, how do you read people in that regard?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Um, You you really got to play it um, by you by each situation or play each situation different. And um, every person has a different threshold. Some of them, you know, they want you to kind of work for it. You can see (laughs) it right. Um, They're not going down easy, but they're you know, they like to see you in there fighting in the trenches for it. Right. Yeah. Um, And that shows them that if you're willing to do that, then you're willing to go to battle for them. Uh, for the next 15 to 20 years. And that's really exactly. what they like, right? But also for those who you you might be pushing a little bit or yeah. or going through that process you can start to see they get irritated, just what we would like to do is remind them that, hey, please don't mistake um, my um, enthusiasm and passion right here as pressure. Yeah. It's not pressure. It, it's exactly what I said it was, and that's passion. And I'm so passionate about what we have to offer you that I want to make sure you know you're not missing out on this opportunity, right. uh, and you could usually tend to you know get them off that ledge a little bit and ease them up, and um, and and just remind them that hey look you know if it, if it's too much today then that's fine take your time that you need, but um, trying to get that that bit on the first the first night
1: was always important. Oh sure for sure. How um how do you know when someone was just kind of like making you work for it? Is it just having to look (laughs) in the face? I mean, like you could tell they're probably going to go with you, but they want to make absolutely sure. Is is it just, you know, reading body language? Yeah.
2: You know, it's body language. It's, it's, it's more so how they're, how they're talking to you. If, Uh if it's open, if they're, if they're leaving it open ended, then you know that there's, there's some negotiation about to go down and, (laughs) and that's really what it's coming down to. You know, if they, if they didn't want you there, they would kick you out. And there was, There's times that we've been kicked out before. Sure.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, sure.
2: But sure. for the for the most part, if they if they were willing to negotiate with you, if they if they kept if they kept it open ended, that just meant that they they're ready to do business. You're just you, you got to find that middle ground.
1: Well, okay. So I'm glad you brought that. It, it stimulated a question in my head. Um, you obviously could probably flex a little bit on price, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when would you know? Okay, I need to drop, and how much would you be willing to drop uh, at that point? So we, we
2: always tried not to drop our price. It was more so, okay. Instead of dropping our our price and affecting our gross margin, mm-hmm. what can we offer to get this moving okay. forward? So our, is that an IQ package? Is it an IQ item? Is it a duct cleaning? Is it a, you know three years of our Comfort Club? Or is, you know what what item could it be? Is it a gift card? a, a date night out? Uh, do I need to come? Do we need to come babysit the kids and you know <laughs> what you guys have? What is what is that item? You know what I mean. Um, so it was more so instead of dropping our price, finding a way to um, throw something in on the package. Uh, that way, your gross margins stayed where they were at. But there were times that you know there was a price level that they wanted to be at, and what we would do at that point in time is we would get a you know a we we confirm okay. So you're saying, Mr. Customer, if we were able to, you know, do this for $10,000 that you would be ready to have it scheduled tomorrow yeah. and they'd confirm it. And the most important thing is that you confirm that. Right. Yeah. So, OK, I'm going to go ahead and make the phone call to Adam. He's our, you know, our manager. And uh, if he's able to give us that approval, we can go ahead and get this books uh, or get this on the books for tomorrow. Is that correct? And once again, just solidifying that approval and then making the phone call. And, and usually. Um, you know it was it was always a, a middle point or uh you know happy to do that or how about we do 105 with some you know two years of club membership or whatever it may be so yeah.
1: yeah very good i like it um if for whatever reason you weren't able to close that day and you know you worked your butt off but how are are, are you done with that lead then or did you <laughs> back to the office or how long did you have to try and and uh to keep it
2: so i always um uh, really try to do a great job at at follow up. Um, and what I would do with my follow up is I would text the client at the end of the day, or you know that night, um, or if it was if I was out there at nighttime the next morning. And in that text message would include you know all the education, pretty much like a bunch of the important education factors that we went over, like right. pictures or whatnot, and uh, just giving them like an overall like an overview of what what we covered from our mm-hmm. appointment. And just reminding them, right? And uh what you're doing there is just showing them hey that you really did care. And um uh, you're 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 still standing out from your, your competitors who aren't giving them that follow-up text. Yeah. But from there it was okay, you shoot the text out. Um, you you tried to set a follow-up date with them before you left, but um once you get to that follow-up date, I always, you know, like to give them that phone call. If you didn't get them with the phone call, shoot the text. If you didn't get the text always send, always send the email out. Um, sure. and from there, you know, if they, if you still can't get them, then, um, that last phone call is what we would call it is the, what did I do wrong phone call? Oh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs>
2: It was, uh, you know, hello, Mr. Smith. M- hello, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. It's uh, Cody over CJS again. You know, we're past our follow up date here. And I, I, I'm just so, I'm so confused at what happened or where, 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 where did I go wrong? <laughs> yeah it was it was something that i did yeah it was it something that i said i it, it, if you could just if you just give me a call back even if even if you decided to go with someone else if you could just let me know i would really appreciate it yeah and and usually what they would do is call you back and, no 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 no. It was nothing you did it was not oh. you know <laughs> and that's kind of you know it's uh it was a fun way um to include in our follow-up process but also it works and uh, yeah um, and you know, you have those customers that, you know, really don't want to call you and give you the bad news. So,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: for sure, for sure.
1: So, you would actually save some sales still that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, you know, people get busy too. Well, I certainly know that, right? You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go with CJS. We just, yeah. you know, we got this and then this and this. Oh. And I don't feel like talking to him right now and going yeah. through all that. Well, you as know. you know, as everybody
2: here knows or listening to this knows, it's life happens. And yep. when you're in the workspace, yeah, you're dialed in, right? But when you get out of it and you have three kids running around the house, the dog just got into the trash, you know, life just happens and yep. things get put on the back burner. So
1: for sure, for sure. That's great. All right. Last question for you. I know you got you got people to help. Um, what advice would you have uh, for new salespeople that are just kind of getting into it? Um, how How to be successful in this? Practice, practice, practice
2: hone in hone in your skill level and how you do that is script and role play from start to finish spend the time um, that you all the time you absolutely can on your process because the the more time you spend on your process the more it's going to show mm-hmm. um, in your results and um, if there's anything that I can say um, it's 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 a very tough position in the industry you're gonna hear no a lot. Right. Um, but for every no you get, there's a yes coming, mm-hmm. and um, and you do that. You can you can help manage that by spending as much time as you can honing in your craft.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if, uh, to follow up to that: How did you keep a positive mindset? Because there, were, I'm sure there are days you're just going to get scumped, right? For whatever <laughs> reason, you just got junky leads, like every salesperson thinks, or I don't know, maybe you just weren't on your your game, but. But I know it's very easy to get into a tailspin if you allow it. So, what what do you is there anything you would do to keep yourself in the right mindset, other than I know we talked about how you drove to each each appointment, but yeah. is there anything else you did?
2: Yeah, um, if I found myself kind of in that tailspin, what I would do is I would I would treat myself to a nice dinner. And it would just be myself, and what I would do during that dinner was I would write out my process. And before I wrote out my process, I would write out the most common objections or, um, you know, where I was wh- what I was seeing in that time frame mm-hmm. and I would go through my process and then I would identify, OK, where am I covering these objections, for instance, in my in my uh, process? Where am I hitting that at in my process Oh, I'm not? I'm not emphasizing it enough yeah. or I'm missing the boat completely. And I, I would really take it in that on that in that during that dinner, you know, of OK, this is this is where I'm missing the boat
1: and this mm-hmm. is how I need to get it corrected. That's great. That's great. I guess, you know, I, it seems to be something you're in, in talking with with your dad and, and how you guys do business. Writing things down seems to be a big part of what you guys do. And, and, and does it just kind of slow you down mentally to really think about is that is that the psychology behind it? Yeah, it, it, it
2: slows, it slows you down, but it's also accountability, right? Mm-hmm. When you're putting that pen to that paper, you're, you're holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. and, um, you're, you're really identifying, okay, am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And you have to, and you're asking yourself that question. So you have to be truthful because like I said, the proof's in the put. If you're, yep. if you're doing the process perfectly, then you should be, you know, your results should be showing. but, yeah. um, and those tailspins really kind of, taking the time to keep yourself
1: accountable yep. is uh, the most important part. Good stuff. All right. Well, Cody, thank you so much for all your time today. This was a lot of fun. I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. And we'll have to have you on some sometime again. Uh, we'll find something else also fun to talk about. So. Sounds good, Bob. I appreciate I really you taking appreciate the time it. to do this. Thank yeah, you. buddy. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hey, you too. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Cody Bodine, a coach with Success Group International. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchen at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. And remember, friends give fives. You've been
0: listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast brought to you by Home Depot Pro, with an inventory of more than 100,000 products The Home Depot Pro's product selection includes both the name brands you seek and the exclusive brands you trust. For more information, go to www.ebarnett.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group-buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Aquila Investment Group, LLC, All Rights Reserve 2021.